Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast, where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry because I can, because you want to listen to it, and I enjoy it mostly. So, Thank you for coming and watching. But today we got to plug today's sponsor. Today's show is always sponsored by the fabulous people at Go Fast Don't Suck. So go over and check out GoFastDon'tSuck.net. Go get your dry fire targets. Go get your match banners, your match jerseys, um, your memes for your entertainment because the internet is full of entertaining memes. So go check out GoFastDon'tSuck.net. Tell them Manny sent you and move on with your day. Without further ado, let's to today's guest. We have Mr. Gianni Giordano on the show today. How are you doing, Gianni? Good. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Thank you for sitting down mid-August, right after Area 3, if anyone cares yep. when these happen. So, <laughs> so Johnny, um, I got the privilege and honor of meeting you back a couple weeks at Area 5 in person, finally. Yep, and yep, finally. Finally, and you're, you're an adult now, so no one can make fun of you for being a child. So <laughs> now you're all being whooped by an 18-year-old adult, so feel bad a little right. bit. <laughs> Well, that can feel less bad, right? Because you are an adult. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You don't get that junior uh, cl- uh, category anymore. <laughs> no, not only not anymore. Just an Ipsic. I got to yeah. I'm 21 in Ipsic. Oh, there we go. So, Gianni, so, um, for the people who live on Iraq, who are you? Well, I am Gianni Giordano. Uh, I live in northern Nevada. I've been shooting USPSA for probably about 10 years now, uh, maybe nine. But I live on a farm. We have about... 3,000 acres. Uh, we farm alfalfa. Um, my dad got me into shooting when I was probably about nine. Uh, my very first USPSA match was at 10 and everything from there I was hooked. Um, I do have a range in my backyard, so it makes it a lot easier for me to train. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where it all, all started. Okay. I don't know. What is alfalfa used for? Uh, so all the, all the dairies use it to feed their cows. Oh, okay. So you guys are fairly so busy. Milk, then. dairy. Yes. Yep. Now, so all the hay down to the big California dairies. Oh, okay. So you're helping uh, the California cheese. Like, wasn't that, wasn't that yep. a big couple of years ago? There's commercials about that California milk or California cheese. <laughs> now, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm not just some of our, no, no, no. Some of our hay goes to um, cheese and then other hay goes to straight. Uh, dairy okay cool so uh how busy does that keep you most of the time um probably around we're really really slammed from july to october uh but we have four cuttings a year so basically from july to october we'll be pretty much slammed um we'll get a few weeks break in between but then once we're finished up with fourth, uh, we go from uh, throughout the winter just servicing stuff, and you know it's not quite as hectic as summertime. Right. So if you say you're busy times, I I'll July through October. When do you actually have to start preparing like the fields? Um, a few months. So there's really not much preparation. It just depends on if we take out fields uh, the year prior. Uh, we'll rotate a few few fields a year. Um, so we'll just be doing that and, uh, we clean the, the fields with like a, a harrow just to kind of take the top off a little bit and that's about it. Um, 
mainly just getting the equipment ready, honestly. Well, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that was kind of that extensive for uh, farming, that kind of stuff. So that's kind oh, of yeah. cool. So you said you started about nine years ago. Your dad took you to your first USPSA match. Um, what were you shooting back then nine years ago? Uh, I think I started with a – I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I started with a Glock 9. Uh, and then I went to an MMP 40. I used that for several years in limited. I, I pretty much always shot limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to uh, Eddie Gun uh, EMG when I was about 13, I think. Um, so I went to a 2011, and then I've stuck with it ever since. Mm-hmm. Right on. Um, have you? Are you the youngest shooter to join that? Um, to join the SB team, though. Uh, I think so. Okay. I think so. That's pretty cool. That's and that's kind of cool because you've ha- always had this talent. Like, you know, you you just sprout out of nowhere. Where where did that like? When did it finally? At what age point did you like figure it and make it click and then started uh crushing these adults? Um, 15, I think 15 or yeah, 15, I placed seventh at nationals. That was when, that was the year that I really started taking it a lot more seriously. Um, and I've always gone to the MGM junior camps, mm-hmm. uh, for years. And I got to meet people like Max, Eddie, Travis Tomasi, people like that. Um, and that's kind of where I learned most of my base basis stuff. Um, but yeah, I'd say 15 is when I really started uh, taking it seriously. That's pretty cool. So, um, always. So, what kind of drew you to limited though? I've always just shot it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's always been something that I'm getting comfortable with. And once I saw that I was good at it, I just wanted to stick to it. Uh, and the goal was to eventually win nationals with limited. Right. So, have, so that has, has been the that's yeah. been the goal basically. Right to win nationals. Okay, now. Did you are you on the limited and um, world shoot team or not or not yet? I am not because um, I didn't place the year the year prior to seventh. I didn't place top sixteen because mm-hmm. I was I think I was like fourteen at the time, so it wouldn't have I didn't make the actual team. But uh, the next world shoot, I I will probably make the team. There you go, that'll be exciting. <clears throat> that'll be exciting because. I bet that's probably a goal of yours too, is to win the world shoot. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It would be. I, I kind of just hope it's set, everything solidifies and we can get back to a normal rotation on the world shoot. And, exactly. Yeah. That was the other issue is we've been trying to have a world shoot for several years now, so it's kind of delayed things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can imagine that. So other than those MGM shooter camps and probably being trained and coached by in um, particular shooters, have you taken like any open enrollment classes? I have not. Um, I I would say two years ago when I was working with Mel and Bill Drummond, that's where I learned. Um, that's where I really took like my movement and other things to the next level uh, was a few years ago with them. But that's honestly the, the only uh, training that I've had. Okay. So and then it's pretty much just been developing on you shooting matches and who you've been shooting yep, with kind of. Pretty and- much. Yeah, and it's hard for me, especially where I live, because I don't have very many locals. Like, I have to drive four-and-a-half-hour round trip to go to the local. So it's kind of hard to have a lot of locals. My locals are pretty much major matches. (laughs) Yeah. Now, 
what was it? St. George probably be the closest place for you for a local. For a local, no. I'm in northern Nevada, so I have locals, uh, Fallon, Reno, um, and then Boise, where Area 1 was, is pretty much the same distance, so I'll do some locals um, up there as well. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's that's fair enough. Like, as long as you got, if you've got to make that drive already, it's might as well, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's always good to hurt those old guys with, uh, like, uh, like Eric, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, we, well, we know you shoot a, tw a 40, uh, 2011. Um, how many of, how many guns do you actually have at the current time in rotation? Uh, like of SVs or? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, SVs, I have seven right now. Now, do, <laughs> do they just kind of keep rotating? Like, this one's the match gun today, or is it like one's your dedicated match gun, a backup gun, your practice gun? Um, my major, I have a major match gun. Currently, I'm running a new design. Um, so that one's been my practice and my major match gun for now, um, until I have another one coming. Um, but I used to basically have a practice gun and then dedicated match gun and always use the, the match gun, keep low round count on them and, and keep the springs fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But so is, so most of the guns have green on them, I'm assuming. Um, every single one of them does have a green trigger except one, but there's really nothing like crazy green. Right. <laughs> will, will the next one be super crazy green or is it just okay to be like a, an accent color? Uh, it's a, it's okay to be an accent color. I don't, Brandon is the one that kind of makes his, I don't really do any input. He surprises me with guns. So, uh, but there usually always is a little bit of green in them. Gotcha. Fair enough. Cause green's the best color. If you didn't know it, you're all wrong. If you didn't yes. know it, <laughs> green is the best color. So, um, so yeah, um, currently you're, uh, you're shooting limited and you're, you're assassinating all these, uh, top guys. Cause I just watched <laughs> you shoot area five and then you just got back from area three last couple days ago. Um, what keeps you, uh, what keeps you competitive in that? You know, you're you're so much younger than all these other guys, but it just seems like you're stacking them up too. Just, I just want to prove myself, uh, so it just keeps me going. Uh, I want to, I want to chase those guys because I look up to them. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, some of them have been shooting longer than I've been alive. So, I mean, I've I've kept that in mind. You know, um, so they have they have so much more experience than I do. That's something that I lack is experience. So uh, I just have found other ways to try and, and compete with them. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So when you say experience, just life experience, cause you've shot plenty of matches at this point, probably not as many as them still, but you don't, you're not, it's not like yeah, it's just once a year. <laughs> right. Um, I would say like the, their mental game is way better than mine. They've been doing it for so long. They know what, you know, they know what to expect. They know how to keep consistent um, and consistency is the biggest thing that I'm working on. Um, you don't have to win any stages at nationals. I mean, you can be, you can be top five on each stage. You, you'll win. I mean, it's just, it's how consistent you can be throughout an entire match. Um, and that's what those guys are really good at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. That consistency factor is definitely a huge aspect. I'd say, 
Um, as we saw at Area Five, right? Everyone, uh, yes, uh, everyone gave up the yes. ghost somewhere. Yeah, you did not yep. start on the best stage at all. I wish you. I wish you. No, guys it was bad. <laughs> bad one to start. It was today. bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was but, uh, that was rough. But I guess it's I, I'd rather start there than end there because you could either have a fantastic match and kill your match, or you can have to start digging out of the hole. Yeah, I was pretty much digging out of the hole the entire time. <laughs> yeah, off that first stage. Yeah, that was that was definitely a rough first stage. If any of you, yeah. well, you all should know if you've listened to the podcast, you've already listened to the area free area five recap about stage 13. So <laughs> yes. if you're not go look up the internet, you'll find it. People post it. Um, I don't know. It was a good standard stage. I felt it, it's it trusted, tested true shooting skill. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't disagree with the, I don't disagree with the stage. It was just a rough, a rough first one. Oh yeah. I've been uh, like, and it gave I... me, <laughs> It gave me something to practice for sure because I've honestly never seen that before. So it was a, a wake up call to go and practice it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, um, since you you know you live so far away, um, how do you prepare for a match? Um, I try in my practices. I try to do eighty to one hundred rounds a day. Mm -hmm. I don't do high round count practices. I just a little bit every single day. Um, but leading up to a match, I'll do, I don't know, I'll do, I'll try to do a couple hundred a day, maybe a week out, you know, just to try and get caught up on everything. Uh, it, it's hard, just depends on farming and every other thing, uh, the business, I mean, all the machine and it's hard to fit everything in. So I just make it work. Mm -hmm. But now, do you still, even getting those 50 to hundred rounds a day, roughly, do you still go in uh, dry fire almost every day? I try to. Um, sometimes I will miss out on that. It's mm -hmm. for me, dry firing, I can literally just walk out there and go shoot. So if I do dry fire, it's mainly just, you know, doing reloading and stuff like that. But, right. So you'll pr pretty much dry fire out on the range then, if need be? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. I've got a little deck, a little deck on my, on my reloading room, and I just go out there and dry fire. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. That's pretty cool. Now, as you, as everyone knows, you are part part owner in the business of what? What do we call it? RPG two. Now, is that what we're calling this? Yeah. So basically, we kind of came up with that joint name. It's still Range Panda, is what um, all the products are sold through. Um, but I'm the the G two side, so we just kind of merged them together. And the products that we do together, we just named it named it RPG two. Mm -hmm. You guys still you guys do a lot of different stuff. You're coming out with new crap all the time because it just makes me want to spend more money. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want to think your newest product. I think that you're launching is what that magnet for the uh, yeah case feed. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we've got that. We have a 650 uh, live shoot for primers that's coming out. We have a universal 1050 uh, case stock coming out, and we got one more. What's the other one? Got the magnet, um, and then another part for a Mark Seven. We've just been trying to shooting matches and stuff. It's hard to to do new products because we're trying to catch up on old products that are selling. So it, it gets kind of hectic. Mm -hmm. I will. I, what was it? Your first, pretty much your first collab project was what making his NS the SRO cover. 
was oh. the very first thing that we did together. Oh, really? Oh, because you, you started? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I started 3D printing several years before uh, I bought a milling machine. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where it started, was the, the 3D printing. Gotcha. But I remember you took his 3D printed primer shoot, spent primer shoot, and threw that out the window yep. and you know, made the CNC <laughs> one, which is so much better because they don't break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're looking at redesigning that one too, making it a little fancier. Um, that Got was it. the very, that was the very first part that we did for milling. Mm-hmm. Was that, and then the quick connects was the second one. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love those. It's my press is decked out in Range Panda stuff. It's, <laughs> it's almost essential. It's just almost essential. Just like every Do you guy. have a tool head. Do you have a tool head. No, I don't. That's the one thing I don't have. I I need to get one. I need to order myself one for uh, my uh, nine major, my nine Uh major tool head. Yeah, once you have a tool head set up, it's a pain to ever switch it around. Exactly. It's like you pretty much just got to buy all the 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 dies again and be like, well, I've got two. Yep. Yep. But that's not the end of the world. But anyway, so um, how did you and Eric even actually get connected in the first place? Um, I would shoot some matches that he was there because he doesn't live too far from me. Um, so I think the very first match we shot, I think it was like an Idaho State match or something. And I remember him, I remember knowing him that he did a lot of 3D printing. So I asked him, um, what a good printer was to get into because I just wanted to tinker around with it basically. And one thing led to another, and we were pretty much collabing on the SRO cover. And I kind of just took off from there. But it's probably been four or five years since then, maybe. Um, trying to think when that was. But it had, it's had to have been four or five years ago now. Yeah. Now, did your uh, parents travel with you to almost every major match you go to? Um. So some of the ones that are kind of far away, it just depends on what everyone's doing at the moment. Um, but like nationals, my mom always goes. Uh, my dad tries to make it to a couple, but he's pretty busy usually with the farm. He has to stay back and take care of everything. So, so we go off. So Eric was your chaperone then while you were out here. Yep, yep. That's kind of scary, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're the adult, right? Is that how that works? I'm the adult. <laughs> he's the child. Yes. So, well, I mean, he just sticks you in. Like, oh, you, you can't drink, so you can drive. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. But. So, um, when you're uh, when you're designing new or coming up with new ideas for these products, um, do you typically see like either a product that needs to be re- you know revamped from someone else's idea, or is it just kind of pop out of nowhere? Like, I think this is a problem, so I'm going to try to fix it. Uh, both, um, like the the tool heads, obviously, or we wanted to come up with something that was a little different, um, so we came up with the putting the pins in the tool head, just a little idea. Um, and people like the customization of things like the stands, like the stands were something that uh, Eric kind of did previously with the 3d printed stuff. And I wanted to kind of elaborate on that and try it with the milling machine. So some of the products we come up with ourselves, um, if there is an issue others we try to improve on. Mm-hmm. And your stands are fantastic. I haven't used mine in a while, though. It's kind of getting dusty waiting on a gun to show up. So, Gotcha. 
It's it's gotta it's wait it's waiting there for that gun to show up. So yep, yep, yeah. We're the stands are kind of taken off. They've been a pretty cool product to work with. Well, yeah, and then you just got what those new milled ones where they're different colors, but you've got what the raised platform essentially or the rate grooves in them. The serrate the serrations in them. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're doing all kinds of stuff with that. So is is Eric's last gun like the really one that kind of inspired that? Yeah, pretty much. Kind of like the same. Uh, those those cups are called the 172 serrations from Infinity. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a similar idea uh, that we used for, for that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I, I like those. Mine, mine's, I almost wanted a second one, but I can't I can't buy another one until I have another gun coming. So it's, yeah, one, of those, right? it's one of those things. It's like you can only have as many stands as you have open guns for. <laughs> But yeah, which is really cool is because what they'll pretty much work on any double stack gun and then you make what a single stack. Uh, post yeah, as well. so yeah, so we need to do some more testing on uh, other guns. Like the 1911 works great. I basically designed it for 2011, 1911, um, but the 2011 will fit like Glocks and, and other similar size double stack packs. But I think like CZs are the only ones that don't fit on any of them. So we're, we're playing with that. Um, to make those fit is it because a cz mag is wider than a 2011 mag um i don't know what it is it's something to do with front and back not necessarily the width um so it's getting caught uh, at a weird angle so we got to change that Uh, so pretty much after you get like you steal one of eric's like shadow twos you can be like okay we can get this figured out now (laughs) yes yeah he needs to send it to me for a week and i'll make sure we test it yeah exactly it's okay it's just sitting in the box it's probably just sitting in a safe somewhere being like look at you you poor gun i don't know why yeah. i even bought you <laughs> <laughs> yes but yeah so that's pretty cool um i'm excited to see where more products go and uh line up at because it's pretty innovative what you guys are doing i mean i don't think there's a uspsa shooter or competition shooter in general who doesn't have at least one of your products at home or in their range bag yeah it's pretty cool to see especially when we go like especially over on east coast and you get to see all the products kind of running around it's kind of cool mm-hmm. well it's especially really cool like those optic covers and then you ha- um he has those uh removed before pew pew tags yeah so, so yep. everyone can't you can't lose them or uh or if you do lose them they're super obvious that you lost it yes yes they're pretty cool yeah so what how many you bought a new open gun then or um yep i'm having an open gun built um hopefully it'll be done after nationals Awesome. So, yeah, I'm excited. excited. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited. It, it's it's a different world essentially than shooting like carry optics. Like the re- I've got to be so more particular. You know, you got to be so more meticulous on your ammunition and yeah. what what you're loading with. And there's a lot more. It seems like that can go wrong. I keep getting told every other day about something else to think about, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit to it. Yeah, on the loading side. Yeah, well, and if you think like I don't even think about the cost of that of a gun being terrible. Like it's the, everything else after the gun. Like oh, you got to go pretty much have a roll sizer. You got to have a, you got to process your brass better. You got or you got to buy once fired brass. And it's like <laughs> all the extra shit that it's like shit. I could have bought another open gun for all the other money I spent. Oh yeah, yeah. Once you get set up, what uh, what's it chambered in? That's gonna be a nine major gun. Nine major. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once you get set up, though, it'll be. Be pretty good. Yep. I uh I'm I'm looking forward to it. It shouldn't be too too much longer. Uh 
I don't bother my Smith too bad because if I do it, it'll take longer. So <laughs> yeah, just let it, let it be. Yeah. You just yeah. like, make sure. Are we still on timeline? Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Moving on. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so I'm excited. Um, so people, I did ask for some listener questions um, before we went lot before we recorded this. So let me pull uh-huh. those up and then we can see what people ask. Cause there's only two, I think that were actually weren't warranted uh, of asking. Come on, come on, internets, do me a favor and do as I ask. Okay, here we go. Um, so why are you still, um, when are you going to actually kind of make that move to open yourself? Cause you're still shooting a lot of limited. Uh, the goal, <laughs> the goal is to win nationals. If I can do that, then I'll move to open. If not, um, I don't really know. I, I really want to move to open and start playing with it a lot more. Um, but I'm still kind of addicted to limited at the moment. Right. Now, do you see a major difference in times between an open run and a limited run on a similar stage? Not not at this point. Um, the Something that I see where I really excel is the farther shots. I can make it way faster with an open gun than I can a limited gun. Other than that, they're about the same. Yeah. And yeah. And your eyes are still good. You're still young. You don't have nothing issues. You don't have to wear corrective lenses at all. So I will say you get a, you do have that going for you. You're still young. Yes. Yes. But, um, so you, uh, so you're going to go to open eventually after you hopefully win nationals, um, are you gonna then hang up the limited guns forever? Or are you gonna still play around and limited just a little? No, bit? I think I think there'll always be like for world shoot. I will probably shoot limited. Um, so I, they're not gonna get hung up forever. Um, mm-hmm. I think limited will always have a spot. Right. So are um, your are your limited guns USPSA limited guns, and then you have Ipsic standard guns, or are your limited both guns... legal? They're both. All my guns are legal in Ipsic. Okay. They're all Fair built enough. for Ipsic. Yep. So, so the this, only thing that isn't the only thing that isn't is on my guns. My magwells are bigger mm-hmm. uh, for USPSA, but I have Ipsic magwells that I'll just pop the magwell off, um, and then they'll be legal. Gotcha. That was my next question because I'm assuming I think the only difference is what has to fit the box and yep, has to have the fit right the mag. box. Mm-hmm. Yep. The width doesn't matter. It's just the the length of the the gun has to fit inside. Gotcha. Fair enough. That's pretty cool. Now, um, I'm excited for that. I'll be that'd be really cool. So, uh, I did get another question. Do you drink hot sauce to get those super spicy splits? <laughs> no, no, no. I think I'm just. I think I'm young, so I think that's why I have the, the fast splits. Yeah. Did you? Get, <laughs> what What's your fastest splits like? No, that you know of. I think I've done several sub tens before. Mm-hmm. Tens. Yeah. That's pretty. In cool. a match. In a match, I, I'm not honestly sure. Um, it just depends on on the stage, I guess. Right, yeah. And it, yeah, you know, you, you never know because and then there's always that time dilation. You never really think about how fast that split actually is and exactly. the stage yeah. and so yeah, you just came back from area three and area five. Um to be completely honest, which match did you prefer? Uh probably area five. Oh, okay. This this year, Area 3 was – it wasn't like past Area 3 is where we have brown poppers painted brown. Uh, 
pool noodle stages and car stages. It was very, it was all Ipsic, which is cool. Uh, it was just basically a lot simpler. Mm -hmm. um, and I like 32 round stages. There was not any 32 round stages there. Uh, there, I think the highest was a 30 rounder. Um, and then there was a lot of short courses. So I, I like kill courses, but that's just me. Right. So, Cause you can excel at the, because you're younger, you've got more stamina. You can, you can do all that. So yes, yes. Use all that to your advantage. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> it seems like it, from looking at your percentage, it looked like you had a little bit better percentage at area three than you did at area five, just by a little bit, but, but it was. Yeah. Definitely... So area three, I kept struggling with, with steel. I could not hit a piece of steel to save my life. <laughs> but you could hit mini poppers at 25 plus yards two weeks prior. <laughs> exactly. That's what was weird. I don't know what I was doing at area three there. Like I stayed pretty consistent uh, as far as like points go. I had a lot of deltas, which was weird. Uh, I think because everything was classics, mm -hmm. and I do practice classics, but not that much. So that's definitely something that I need to work on because all of my deltas constantly were on the tops of the classic. They were always right there. So, but other than that, I just had a lot of steel misses. So I my time was lacking gotcha. at area three. So that's fair enough. Now, um, yeah, you know, it was interesting enough. I shot another, I shot a major match same weekend as area three, but the, they had minis out there and they looked so big because they actually had the heads on them. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, Hey, that's really big. Is that a full size popper? And you get up to reset it. And it's like, that was a mini. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Area five was fun. I, I enjoyed area five. It was challenging, but it was, it was good. Yeah, it definitely uh it definitely hurt a lot of people's feelings, that's for sure. Yeah, but it's I look at it as if you ever go to world shoot, it's gonna be like that. So might as well prepare for it now. Yeah. Now what'd you think yeah. of the day and a half format? I liked it. Mm hmm Wasn't um, too much in one day. No, I wouldn't say so. I mean some yeah, here and there, but I would prefer it over three days uh right i think a, a area match should be i think two days um i don't mind if we have to shoot all day on the first day i like to get done early um on the last day so that worked out yeah well you guys didn't well you guys didn't end up leaving until what monday morning anyway yeah we left it monday morning so it's i usually always leave on a monday Try not yeah. to rush around too much. Yeah, because that's the if you do have to try to plan a rush, that's the time that the match is going to fall behind. You're going to take forever. You're going to get stuck in traffic going to the airport. It's like, yeah, it's just not worth it. <laughs> not worth the hassle and the headache. And then you get troubles at TSA because that's always how it works, right? It just compounds. Oh yeah, it compounds. Yeah, Area Five. We actually barely made it on the plane. Uh, we gave ourselves plenty of buffer, but going through Detroit, it was so packed. And Eric didn't have it TSA pre check. So I was at the gate waiting for him and he had to be on the plane. Otherwise I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have left, but it was funny because he was running through the airport and he was the last person. We were the last two on the plane. <laughs> so, well, it was real. Yeah. So, so everyone's got, you're saying everyone's got to go get a TSA pre-check, right? 
Yes, pretty much. But if everybody gets it, then it's not going to be as fast. So every competitive yeah. shooter needs TSA pre-check. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll work. That'll work. So then you all, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it saved me a lot. Sometimes at bigger airports, you know, it it might be a little bit long, but I nine times out of ten, it's going to be way better. Now, did you have any issues of getting your guns checked or going through TSA with that stuff? No, I've never, I've never had any issues. Knock on wood with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only issue that I've had is sometimes forgetting a bullet in my bag and them stopping, and yeah. that's pretty, probably it. But usually, that's when I try to rush out of the the match, get on a plane, and go home. And sometimes, like the one time I forgot my chrono bag, <laughs> so it was like a little. They were looking at it very concerned, like why would there be a few little rounds than one taken apart? <laughs> like, oh yeah. So it was confusing to them. You just tell them, throw that away. You just come on, get me through yep. here. Just throw that away. <laughs> yep, throw it away. The four dollars that it is, it's not gonna matter. <laughs> yeah. I think I was at Dragon's Cup and I forgot I bought a brand new got a brand new knife. And I always carry a knife, so I was we were going through and I was literally right before the, the scanner and I forgot the pocket knife. <laughs> so so I took it out and I threw it in my mom's purse and we just played dumb. And luckily, um, my grandparents were still kind of near the airport. So we ran it back, they got it, and then, and then they shipped it back to me. But uh, that would have been an expensive throwaway. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I would, I would hate to have to do that. We get a brand new knife or brand new anything. <laughs> And it just yep. has to get pitched. <laughs> yeah. Because you know there's got to be some, some box of TSA that's got all these knives that have, like, somebody who actually knows what, like, value of knives. They'd be like, well, I'll take oh, that I'm one. sure. I'm sure they keep that stuff. I don't doubt it. I mean, there's, I think I've even watched YouTube videos of people, like, the boxes of knives that TSA has collected. And then you, some people will resell them again and be like, oh, look, at, I made money off of this thing. But yeah, that's, that's really stupid. Mm hmm. No. Yeah, it, it that would suck. I'm luckily knock on wood. That's never happened to me. Um, do you when you travel with your guns? Do you put those air tags in your box? I have a Gigo. Uh, it's called a Gigo. Uh, it's just a GPS tracker. But um, Eric has been trying the air the air tags, and, and they've been working pretty good. I'll probably he runs both, and he actually canceled the GPS. It, it takes too long, like. When you land, it takes about a half hour for it to update. Mm. And by then, you're probably already through your next connection or something. But I always have a, a GPS or something in the bags. Mm-hmm. Now, are you an Android or are you an Apple user? Apple. Okay. All right. I mean, there are some people who, who are diehard Android fans who just can't give it up. So. Yeah, I don't understand them, but. Yeah. <laughs> so... How how many more majors do you have left besides nationals? Um, let's see. I have Utah State. I have North Texas Open. I have a Nevada State match that I'm going to try to go to. And then I've got nationals. And then area two after nationals. Okay. So you still got plenty on your schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So when you... uh. Do you try to build up like product beforehand or like make sure your machines are going to be optimized while you're gone or do you just shut them down while you're gone? Um, so the, the printers can run while I'm gone. The milling machine, no. Um, I try to catch up as much as I can 
on products before I leave somewhere. Um, we'll, me and Eric will usually be pretty prepared. Mm-hmm. And Desiree's wife, or I'm sorry, Eric's wife, Desiree, she uh, will ship products out to customers while if we're both gone. Oh, okay. So it works out good. Okay. So does you, does Eric usually do typically most of the fulfillment from his location then? So yeah, Eric handles all of the customers, all of the shipping. I just make the stuff and ship it to him. So gotcha. he handles all that. Right. I think except what? <clears throat> except the base, except your stands, right? Because I think you should. Yeah, those. the stands. Yeah, the stands I do ship here because of the customization. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just do them here and then ship them out. Right. So this is going to land, what, end of the month? I think this one will air. Um, when, since that's the date, this is going to come out. Any idea when the next batch of stands are going to come out or be available? Um, they'll be about anodized, probably a month out. And then okay. ready to roll. I currently have like red and blue. Um, I haven't really pushed the stands just yet again. And because I'm just trying to, you know, get caught up on everything, but black is a very popular color and I'm out of that. So I'm just going to stock up on all that. And then we'll push the stands again in about gotcha. another month or so. Gotcha. Now also <clears throat> another product you work really hard on is the thumb rests, the convex and the what the hammerhead. Yes. Yep. We do a lot of those as well. Now, do you we think... run? Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're fine. We run really big batches of those, so I don't really mess with them too much. Mm-hmm. And do you have mm-hmm. a? Is your scrap rate at all high, or is it that your machines are dialed in where you're not losing tools and parts? Um the the waste on a part is pretty much hardly anything. Uh, every single piece of stock is made for that part. Okay. So there's hardly any waste. And if it is waste, it all goes into a huge bin and uh, gets recycled. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. Now, do you know how many, or at least the percentage of your uh, thumb rests are on open guns or limited guns nowadays? Um, I'm trying to, I don't really know that answer. Uh, mm-hmm. We've sold, I don't know how many we sold. We sold definitely in the hundreds um they're not quite as popular as like right now it's kind of we really know thumb rest out there that's like a masked uh everybody has one like i think it's really split up right now mm-hmm. between ours tivo the go guns are kind of going out of style i don't really see those much anymore um the i can't remember the other one but there's a few few other ones it's kind of split right now right I would say I think the the not the TiVo but the the Go Gun seems to be really good for people with short thumbs because it's so uh, far back it seems like. But I, I mean, yeah. I I didn't look at I haven't looked at geometries of you know which thumb rest is better for uh, which application. Yeah, there's definitely what we learned trying to design something that everybody likes is you're not going to ever make a thumb rest that everyone will like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. It's kind of hard. Uh, some people love them and some people prefer others than wrestle over them. Right. Well, and something you do have over your competition is you do make a left-handed. Is it just the hammerhead or do you make the convex and hammerhead and left? Uh, we roll, we are doing just the hammerhead and left and lefties. Um, I mean, we can do a, a convex, but those are kind of going 
like an, a convex should only be used on an open gun that has a really big scope mount that your thumb can go against. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just get a hammerhead. Gotcha. So yeah, you want something that's got a beefy, like a Chili mount or like a Phoenix Trinity frame yeah, mount. Yeah, something that provides something on the side of your thumb. Because mm-hmm. so, yeah, because what most SV um, mounts, what they're very small, right? They're just like a couple holes. Yeah, so the SVs are a different style uh, hole pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they skip a hole, so there's only three located on those. Mm-hmm. So like our our two hole two hole design, you only have one adjustment. So we do have a four a custom four hole uh, hammerhead mm-hmm. that is going to be kind of being tested, but yeah. we'll see on that. Gotcha. Fair enough. I have a I have a convex because I I didn't feel like waiting, <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay because my so, frame my frame mount's gonna is a big like it's a chili mount so I'll be fine so. Yeah, good, good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Limited guns, I've seen a couple hammerheads, but not too many yeah. on the limited gun side. Now, as a high-end limited shooter, do you think it's necessary or or is it a wash on having a thumb mount, a thumb rest on your limited gun? So this is going to go against because we make thumb rests, but I do not like thumb rests on a limited gun. I, I will not run one. Um, I don't know if it's because I've gotten used to it over the years, uh, but I do not think it is required for a limited gun. It's it, a thumb rest is more of an index point than anything. It shouldn't be something that's controlling recoil. Right. It should I, just be an index point. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I guess it, it it's nice because it does prop the gun up without it being propped on a limited yep. gun. So you can get under it just probably a little bit quicker on those random pick up start stages that you've got yep that is a definite benefit but you know we only see what maybe one or two at any major match yeah pretty much so you're not really giving up the ghost no not really um i like to keep my thumb pretty much parallel with the slide Mm -hmm. um so i've never i've never ran one the i can't remember the company that makes it but SV uses some of them. It goes in the slide into the slide stop, and it's flat. So your thumb basically lays on top of it. Uh, those are pretty nice. Oh, uh, you're talking about the shooting sports innovation uh, innovations nitro. Yes, fund? yes, that one. Yeah, where it re- re- takes out your pin, and yeah, yeah. I've seen some people use those, but <clears throat> it's me... more of a feel and index point. It should. It's not really gonna shouldn't be using it to control recoil right yeah that's true it shouldn't it shouldn't be used as recoil i mean if you are i mean i mean some people probably at some point make it work right where they re, you know they're mitigating yes. recoil through their thumb but yeah because not everybody's the same right because that, that's definitely yeah everybody has their own little way of, of doing it so. right because you know jerry barnhart back in the day could have a technique that works for him but doesn't work for you or or xyz you know Yep. It's yep. not always like universal. Like Eric Ruffell's technique. Uh, the only other person that I know uses it is Aaron Evans, um, where you put your finger over the trigger guard on the front. Oh, I didn't notice that. that. I guess I didn't notice yes. that when I saw him at Area 5. Uh, the only yep. other person from that that I know who does that is Lena. Uh, Lena Michalik. Oh, Michalik? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yep, that'd be the only yep. other person I can yep. think of who does that. Yeah, very few, but some people like it. So, right, yeah, if, if you like it and it works for you, do it. But uh, yeah. So, as you get older into the sport or, or older in life, um, are you gonna try? Are you gonna take over the farm, or are you gonna try to go and be do machining kind of as your full time career? Uh, in a perfect world, I want to do both. So I, the, the farm's not going anywhere for a while, so it's going to give me some time to kind of get the machine side going mm-hmm. um, and then take it from there. Gotcha. That'll be cool. So well, Pretty much what the, the tractors drive themselves pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's more of a uh, how many, like a lot of employees are going to be required for the farm. Um, simply, I can't be... 15 places at once so mm-hmm. uh, that's a definite problem for the future but yeah uh, like the machine shop i would love to have it all robotic essentially so, right where you just pretty much have to check on it maybe every once in a while and load parts yeah, I, I do that now i try to get my machine where i check i change parts maybe every hour um so Eventually, I'll get robots, and they will do it all for me. <laughs> there you go. Now, how many milling machines do you have currently? I just have one right now. Any will, hopes uh, to get a second one? Yeah, maybe next year if I land a certain contract that might be coming up, then yes, I will get another one. That's pretty cool. But for now, for now, I'll just have one. Now, those are that's a hoss you've got right now, right? Yes. That's pretty cool. I got very. I, I was very fortunate um, to get a tour of a manufacturer facility. It was pretty cool. How many machines were just all working, and you just had guys chilling oh, yeah. over here, just chilling over here. I'm like, "Sup?" <laughs> just yep. taking off. You're like, "Oh, time to go stand up for a minute." Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see. It is pretty cool when the when the machines are just humming away making parts. That's definitely the coolest thing I think. Um, do you have um? Who've been other than like your mom and your dad? Who've been some of the biggest supporters for you while you've been in the sport? Probably all my my Idaho friends, Eric, uh, Michael Leary, Dan Hawkins. Those guys have been. I met them probably my very first Idaho match. I think I was probably eleven. It was my very first Area One, um, and I met a lot of the guys there. And now now we're pretty much family, and they've supported me for years. Mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool i it's it's definitely nice how you can meet people in this sport who you know you click with and you just become friends and it just goes from there so those people you oh, yeah. call at two in the morning hey i'm stranded in the middle of nowhere can you come help me out yep, <laughs> yep. the, First, the yeah. whole the whole shooting thing like it's it's the actual shooting's fun but it's great to go and visit people and it's it's a great social sport for sure. Oh yeah. Especially when you got to spend three or four days in a location and you're like, well, what are we going to do other than shoot for eight hours? Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm terrible. Yeah. I plan things via food, which is terrible. Cause then you always you have problems with eating, but it's always like, what are we doing? I don't care. I just want, I'm thinking about dinner right now. That's all I'm thinking about. Yeah, Where are we going yeah. to eat? <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of cool. Too. That... Oh Yeah. Did you get to have big dinners with everyone? It's fun. 
Yeah, and you go out and you have a good time, and then you're always oh. razzing each other. Or it's always the worst part is the people you want to talk to are at the other end of the table when you have like a big group, and you're like, "Well, <laughs> oh, shit, I sat yep. at the wrong spot." Yep. Yep. So, um, where would you like to see? You know, RPG two or what? Well, G two, whatever your side of the business. Where would you like to see that in the next, say, five years? Um, a, a really good goal would be I want to. I want to branch out into uh, areas like aerospace um, and like the medical field. That would be a, a really big goal of mine. Uh, then always handle the shooting sports as well. Mm-hmm. So I would like to do a, a lot of different areas. I, I don't really care what I make, right? I just want to make stuff. Right. Um, yeah. That's, and I really that's fun. I enjoy the aerospace stuff. It's pretty cool. Right. And I'm assuming that takes a lot of knowledge in CAD. Did you, Oh yeah. did you have to teach yourself or did you, did you get some schooling on how to operate in CAD? Everything is pretty much self-taught. I did go to a school. It's kind of funny. I went to an in-person school for about a a month uh, in Reno for a CAD. Uh, It was actually a torch mate. So it was a plasma cutter school. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where I learned all of my base CAD skills was there. Um, And then everything else has been self-taught. Mm-hmm. trial and error so, and burning up uh, pretty much burning up stuff or <laughs> yep breaking stuff mm-hmm. i have a, a very big bin of, <laughs> of broken broken in mills yeah so. <laughs> now how many have you lost any 3d printers through this whole in- endeavor nope i have a, a machine that has probably nine thousand hours on it nine or ten thousand hours so far and they they I mean, little little maintenance stuff like fans and stuff, but other than that, they they run forever. Yeah. And those are those machines constantly printing the same parts, or do you have to swap the you know the program over to a different thing? Um, it's on an operating system that goes through my computer, so all the machines communicate with each other, so I can just select each one what the part or cover is going to be. Mm-hmm. My I handle all of the all of the optic covers. I make all of those. And then Eric handles all of the harder plastics and other types of printing stuff. Right. I only print the covers. So in the covers are in Copes, right? <laughs> or PETG? No, they are in TPU. Oh, they're in TPU now. Okay. That's kind of yep. cool. Fun fact, I work in the plastics industry, so I'm a little bit of a plastics nerd. So uh, it's it's kind of cool. Um, especially all the different varieties of like plastics that you'd think like like uh, like a hard nylon right can be used in like a plastics application or in a fabrics application so it's it's kind of cool to see what plastic can really do even though it destroys the environment <laughs> <laughs> right yeah there's a, a whole bunch of different types of plastics out there yeah now what is so if you make all the optic covers which one are you printing the most of sros are still the probably number one cover right now now you'd say that'd be mostly on carry optics guns i'm assuming probably yeah um i can't like we have a sly cut version and a normal version i would say we probably sell more of the normal version Mm -hmm. um so i would say sros are probably the most popular and then it goes to all the holoson lineup all of those combined are a very big seller um the romeos sell a little bit but not quite as much as the SROs. Mm-hmm. 
So so the old art the old standby RTS two is the one at the bottom, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, we don't sell much of those. We actually sell more of the old style Seymours than the new style Seymours. You like this like you sell more slide the rides? Slide ride. Yes. What? Yep. All right. Yes. That's that, retro. I mean, I only know a couple people who still shoot with those. And that and usually they're on the other mount. They're on the, the sideways mount. <laughs> yeah. So they're super low. Yeah, we still we still sell quite a bit of those. Mm-hmm. Mainly through Shooter's Connection and, and places like that that sell those lines up. We don't really like through our website, we probably sell more SRO style stuff. Right. So do you end up selling do you make more product to sell on your site or to your uh to your venues probably on our site honestly i well it's hard to say um ben stoger pro shop and shooters connection are very big customers um so we, we do quite a bit but we do those in huge bulk orders so we're mainly just catching up on our own stuff our own inventory right and you pretty much give them and when you win those big orders you doing all the colors or you're doing just a couple colors for them uh they make their order on what they want and then we just fulfill it oh okay that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool because it's and it's nice because you know you're finally in those places where you guys were in shooters connection first weren't you yep shooters connection was our first uh venue guy and then we went to uh ben stover as well so those are our two right now yeah, it's like if and they've got if you need it for the competition space, pretty much you know it's there. If you don't need it, they don't have it. So I mean, it's kind of cool because pretty much your whole lineup's there. Then, uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, some of the new products, not yet, but most several of the. I think I don't think we sell any tool heads to Shears Connection. I think all of that's to Ben Stoker Pro Shop. Gotcha. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. It's nice, and it's seeing the businesses growing and producing, and you know, you're being a, a name in the shooting community because of making products like the locator pins were such a big thing. Like even on the 1050, the Dylan ones kind of suck. So <laughs> yeah, you go buy a, a Range Panda pin locator pin. They're they're so much easier to grab. I I I don't know why Dylan didn't think of that for all their machines, but. Shame on them. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, good for us though. Right, exactly. It's and it allows companies like you know Unique Tech and you know Inline Fabrication, Range Panda, all to thrive in this space of um, customization of the press. Yep, improvements and etc. Mm-hmm. Now, what um, are you loading on a Dylan, or do you load on a, a Mark Seven? I load primarily on a Mark Seven. Uh, um an older style or did you get the new apex 10 yet no i do not have an apex i have one of the first serial number uh revolution or no evolutions i think yeah it was long it's been probably six years on that press and i have had no issues with it so you're almost like john leaguer because he's got like what number two (laughs) yeah i think mine was like 30 or something somewhere in there that's still pretty cool though, being ha- you know, having that legacy machine that's still running and still churning yep. and you're able to do things with, which is kind of cool. Um so uh, I do want to get near the end of the show, which is not a problem, but we also got these awesome questions at the end. Um what um what is one thing that people can either start doing 
or stop doing to get better at shooting? Um, I'll probably say working on finding something that you're weak at and literally just practicing that all the time. If you can make your practices as hard as possible, when you go to a, a match, you're going to be like, oh, this is easy. That should be the goal uh, in practice is make it as hard as possible. Do set out a, a tux at 30 yards and just practice nothing but that. And when you go to a match and there's a tux at 10 yards, you're going to be like, oh, this is easy. And you're confident in it. That's the biggest thing is, is being confident in your ability when you go to a match. Right. That's absolutely great. Great advice. Honestly, it's because, because then, you know, the tech where I guess where you earn your trophies in practice and then you just go collect it at the match. Right. Yep. Yep. You're, when, when that timer goes off, you're going to revert back to what you've practiced. You know, you're, you're, you might not shoot a hundred percent of your ability, but you're always going to revert back to how you do it practice. So it's very important that all of that is done in practice oh 100% I totally agree with you on that one couldn't say it better myself <laughs> and I'm not that good so I mean at least it comes from a grandmaster are you a grandmaster in open two or just in limited no just limited are you close and open or, or have you not had really time to kind of play I've with not had I've not had time I don't even know what I'm classified in open at I think it's like 90% maybe Oh, okay. So you're know, still, still a master, a true master in open. So, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, other, so as we got to the last couple things, I think, um, uh, we got to get to the time where we pay the bills on this on the show. So go ahead, Johnny, and plug your uh, your sponsors, your partners, whoever you got, so we can give them some love too. Uh, Infinity Firearms, Barry's Manufacturing, Starline, uh, Hunter's HD Gold. Uh, we've got Dominant Defense, uh, Range Panda, of course, and uh, Hawk Tech Arms. <laughs> Hawk Tech, aren't, they're a gun shop, aren't they? Yep, in Idaho. Yep. Now, uh, Dominate, best belts on the best belts on the market. So it's they're freaking fantastic. Yeah. If you're a listener, oh, yeah. we'll, we've, we've almost got a code. I've bugged Jason enough to get us a listener code so that we're not having to use the Paracast code anymore. So we're golden there. But no, I love I love Jason. Jason's a good dude. Uh, it doesn't matter what time I call him. I always seem to be on the phone for like two plus hours. So <laughs> that's always fun. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. He is a great dude. And it's awesome. But uh, Johnny, I do want to thank you for coming on. It's been a blast. It was fun. I learned a lot about, you know, how you've kind of grown up in the sport and learned about the machining side. And that's kind of interesting to me. So thank you, brother, for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, brother. I mean, it, it's fun. We'll have to do it again. Uh, uh, now that I've had Hammer on, I've had you on. Now I really, Eric, Eric. Yep, Eric. You're next. <laughs> yep. But uh, I just got to get him to quit making excuses and we'll nail it down. But anyway, brother, thank you for coming on. Um, listeners, also, thank you for listening and watching every episode of Mini Talk Shooting. Till next time, get out and do the things, and I will see you on the next one.